distracting for me. You playing animal droppings over there, distracting for me. What are you talking about, Steph? Make it stop. Let me play with you. Let me play with you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hello. How are you doing? Welcome back to the Honey House Gaming and Tech Podcast. I'm Jason. This is episode 46, recording March 22nd, 2020. It is so good to see you all. Thank you so much for being here and spending your time with me. Uh, yeah, we got an episode on our hands here talking about some tech, some gaming, some other stuff that's going on. Uh, yeah, so uh, heinyhouse.com is the website, of course. And uh, let's jump right into the uh, intro. How about it? If this works. Welcome to Heine House Live, a podcast about the exciting and ever-changing world of gaming and technology. Heine House Live is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Podcast. For all other info, including links to our community discord, live video feed, episode archive, and a whole host of other great entertainment, please visit HeineHouse.com. You're damn right. You're damn right. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hope you're having a fantastic week. Uh, it's a crazy week, isn't it? And uh, I don't think it can be ignored uh, any more or any longer. I mean, this whole Corona thing is definitely crazy out there. A lot of places, states, countries, man, everywhere, just like on lockdown, closing, restaurant industry. There's a lot of lot of crazy stuff going on. And um, not to you know make like mention of it every time I have a podcast episode, but this is kind of a, a whole world situation, right? So uh, it cannot really be ignored. Uh, and I'm not going to. I'm just basically uh, wishing everyone, please be safe. You know, wash your hands and, uh, you know, do your part, whatever capacity you feel that um, you're able to do so. Um, I know, you know, there's a lot that's going on, a lot of people losing their jobs. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, unemployment's going to be happening. This is a, this, these are trying times for sure. And so I think it's best for all of us to, you know, try to band together and, you know, do the best we can and keep safety and uh, your health a top priority. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. I think I think it really should be taken seriously. Uh, Steph and I are going to be here. We're home. Um, I'm not going into work uh, any longer, so I'm here. Uh, most of you know this already, but Stephanie, she works from home, so that is good. That's a plus, so she can continue to work as of right now. Um, so she's doing that, and uh, I am not going in on my my normal work. So I am using this as an opportunity to go full force. I'm going to be, and I've already done that this week. I've started, I've been streaming already during the weeks and I'm going to pick that up, continue to do the podcast, continue to do the entertainment stuff. And, uh, you know, just try to keep the positive vibes going, man. You know, this is crazy. It's crazy stuff. And, um, you know, while we're here, let's try to use that as an opportunity. Hey, maybe it's an opportunity for all of us to go to our back catalog. Do you remember the beginning of the year we were talking about what are some of our gaming goals for 2020 and pretty much unanimously across the board, Everyone said my back catalog. Whoop whoop. My back catalog. Whoop whoop. So maybe this is a good opportunity to sit down and play some games. Um, you know, in in, in light of uh, all the darkness that's going on. So uh, yeah. So let's continue on, man. Let's let's, let's uh, talk about some gaming. Let's talk about some tech. 
and uh, let's let's have some fun. And you know what? Last episode, I didn't get to it, so I want to start with this episode, folks. It is time for this week in gaming history. Yes, yes, yes. Last week, I just kind of glazed right over like a glazed donut, and so I wanted to make sure to come back around the drive-thru and hit it this time and do it upright. So, folks, this is the section of the show where I talk about games that that are have been released in the past uh, during the week this podcast airs. How about that? So uh, March 22nd through March 28th is what we're going to be talking about. Those are the dates. Uh, let's go ahead and get right into it. March 22nd in 1996, Resident Evil on PS1 in Japan was released. The great, the classic, the iconic. The game that makes me wet myself. Did I say that out loud? Shit. 2011, Crisis 2, PC, PS3, and 360. That's the question you ask yourself when you build a new PC. But can it run Crisis Bro? Get some help. Get some help. Um, 2018, Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition on Switch in Japan was released. I, I think I've talked about this story earlier in an episode. Steph bought Hyrule Warriors for Wii U, the disc version, right? Put it in the console. She got to maybe like the first like checkpoint in the game. And then the game just like locked up and said like disc error. It wouldn't read the disc. So we're tripping out. We're like, um, what? So we try it again, relaunch the game. Same thing. She goes in, deletes her save game, tries it again. Same thing. So we're like, fuck it. Maybe we have a bad disc, even though the disc looks perfect. Right. So we actually go over to one of our local shops and we're not trying to, we're not trying to pull a GameStop on them. We're not trying to do some shady shit. We tell them, we're like, look, we have, we have a disc. And look, it's perfect, but it does not play. Can we, we're going to buy one to test. Can we test? And so they're like, yeah, yeah, no problem at all. Great. So we, we get another disc. We bring it home. We try that disc. Same thing. Doesn't work. So they're really cool. They let us return the disc and stuff like that. But the, the issue is like, wait, 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 what is the issue? It, it wouldn't play. So finally, when the Switch version came out, we were excited because she's like, yeah, I'm just buying it digital. Right here, we're going to install it, download it, put it on the SD card, boom. So she's had no issues with that. It's just crazy. I don't know, like, what is the deal with that that game, that disc, and our Wii U system? Something is not right there. Anyway, short little tangent, sorry. Moving on to the next day, March 23rd in 1993, Kirby's Adventure on NES in Japan was released. Pretty fantastic right there. One of my favorite games on the NES, to be honest. That's a game you can sit down and just run through, man. It's so fun, so fun. Uh, 1994, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo in the arcade. Yes, the arcade. Wow, 94. What a great year to be in the arcades. And uh, hopping uh, forward a few years. In 2004, Far Cry, the original Far Cry on PC was released. Uh, March 24th, moving on to the next day here. In 2000, Kirby's back. Kirby 64 on uh, N64 in Japan was released. How about some uh, Legend of Zelda? You ready for this? 2003, Wind Waker, folks. GameCube. It happened. It's fappening, son. Pretty fantastic. Is that a... I, I know people talk about Wind Waker. I know they 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 bring it up. It's, of course, it's a great part of the franchise, but I don't ever really hear that one being like everyone's favorite. Um, is it your favorite? Let me know. I'd love to know. Uh, 2005, the PSP handheld console was released the PlayStation Portable 
What a great console. That's one I never I never got that at launch. I think I've talked about this before. I didn't buy it at launch. It was like the 360 for me and that and that I got that way after the fact and just cleaned up getting games the console. In fact, I got it in 2013, I think. 2013 or 2014 when it was like being clearanced out at Walmart. I got the the final version, the 3001, I believe. And uh yeah, games were super cheap. I mean, Amazon had a bunch. They were like five bucks, four bucks, like sealed games. Like nobody wanted that shit. And, uh, you know, that's that's how you got to do it, man. That's If you can really, we've said this a million times, but if you can wait till the end of a console's life cycle, right, that's asking a lot. I know that is, that is. But if you can, or if you just happen to be in that situation, like me, I didn't get the PSP when it came out. I just kind of didn't forget about it, but it wasn't like a top priority. And then it's like, oh, wait, holy shit. The PSP is like going Bye-bye. Like, we better get on, get in on this. That was a good time. So if you can wait, you will be rewarded in the end. Uh, moving on to the next day, March 25th in 2013, Bioshock Infinite on PC was released. A lot of people say that's their favorite Bioshock version out of all of them. That's what I've been hearing anyway. You know, word on the street. Word is, uh, you know, when I went in there to the toilet on the side of the, the toilet stall, there was like writing and it's like had a heart and it said Bioshock Infinite. Like, for a good time, play this game. I'm like, well, I don't know. So anyway, that's word on the street. Uh, how about some more Hyrule? 2016 Hyrule Warriors Legends on 3DS. That's when you got to pick up stuff. Do you have that one? No. Oh, it has both. See, the, defin- see, the definitive edition on Switch has both. How about that? So that's when you want to pick up. But I mean, you want to get on some handheld stuff. That's where you do. That's pretty cool. Uh, moving on to the next day, March 26th, folks, in 1998, Tekken 3 in Japan on the PlayStation 1 was released. And 2002, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast, that's a mouthful, uh, on PC was released. And let's move on to the next day. we got two more days here, folks. March 27th and 1992, Top Gear on Super Nintendo in Japan. Very, very great game there. I like that one. 2003, Soul Calibur 2 on GameCube. And in 2011, the Nintendo 3DS handheld in North America was released. How about that? <clears throat> Maybe like, wait a minute, did you already say the 3DS a couple episodes ago? Yes, uh, because we report both like when it was originally released in Japan and then like the rest of the world. So we may see that twice come up. Um, and then finally, folks, the last day here, March 28th, in 2001, Pokemans, Pokemans, Pokemon Stadium 2 on N64 was released. Uh, 2002, Kingdom Hearts, the original Kingdom Hearts on PS2 in Japan. Wow, 2002. Mm, that was an early release. Well, I guess I say early. It was a couple years the console was out. But yeah, early, earlier. How about that? I mean, considering the lifespan of the PS2 was like, what? 12 years, 13 years freaking crazy god when did we go to best buy it had to have been 2013 and we walked in there and they still had they had a couple of ps2s on clearance like close out was, was target okay yeah, yeah target all right well target is interesting because they have a bunch of back stock that they lose and then they put out like years later so yeah i don't know cannot be confirmed or denied but Definitely had a long lifespan. Probably the longest. Wouldn't you say the longest lifespan of a console? PS2 had a long one. It was, it was a lot of games coming out. 
I mean, I remember buying MotorStorm Arctic Edge in 2010 for uh, PS2. And that had a release uh, release year in 2009 it came out. So, like, I remember doing that. That was freaking 10 years later. Crazy. Crazy. Um, where were we? Oh, yeah, the last one here. March 28th, the last one. 2019, Yoshi's Crafted World on the Switch. Ladies and gentlemen, that was this week in gaming history. And before we continue on, of course... Like I always do, I like to thank all of the support that we have right here from the patrons. Round of applause for all of the patrons. Thank you so much for your support. Patreon.com slash Jason Heine. If you enjoyed the podcast, if at all, at all, in any capacity, this is how you show support right here. The show is completely funded by your support on Patreon. And uh, because of all the amazing people you see on your screen here, they are the reason the show is alive. Thank you so much. Love you all. Thank you. Uh, let's jump into some gaming news. How about that? The big news, of course, is the huge one you've heard it a million times. People probably like, what the fuck? I'm sick of hearing it. But you know what? Animal Droppings New Horizons has launched. Stephanie is right across the table from me. She's actually playing it. I hear her chopping trees as we speak. Hopefully she's getting that softwood, that hardwood. How about that? Um... So, I mean, literally, we've been home, right? Kind of like isolating ourselves. And during the last two days, which she has had off, I've been able to spend the time with her. And we've played. We, I mean, come on. We we, we can't not admit it, Steph. We basically have played maybe like seven, eight hours a day, each day, last two days. Because, yeah, she's right. There's a lot to do. And it keeps expanding and growing. And that's the, that's the fun thing about it is that it's an ever-changing, every day it's, a, it's an evolving world, and it's a lot of fun. It's fun to help build the community in there. It's fun to build your house and customize it. I mean, that's why games like The Sims and all that, that's why they're so popular. It's why people love doing that, because you have a connection to it. You you kind of become invested, invested into the world, you know? So it makes a lot of sense, and we're having a ton of fun. It's great, and uh, we can't we can't wait just to continue and play it. I mean, she's She's doing it right now. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. We're love, I, I Honestly, I feel that, just to say my piece on animal droppings, I feel that this version of it is everything that all the Animal Crossing games are, but put into a very um, tight and well, well-developed package to where it, it, the island doesn't feel too big where you can get lost. Everything is like, I remember playing City Folk and I just remember feeling lost in the island for a little while, right? You know, you would kind of like, oh, what's over here? What's over there? But this one is breaking it down. It doesn't let you get to all of the island at once. It's doing it in sections as you expand and grow. They're doing it very organically. And uh, I really like it. It's, it's a really nice change of pace. So uh, the tools you get, what you're able to craft, what you're able to get, it's all super organic and how they're allowing the player to experience that and get that. Um, it's nice. They're not giving you too much too soon. They're letting you grow, which is great. It's a lot of fun. Ha I'm really happy that we got it. And to be honest, folks, when you start to play a game like this, you start to sit down with, with your Nintendo Switch and you're saying to yourself, you know what? Look at this. Nintendo doesn't need teraflops to do this shit, okay? 
They don't need to sit there and tout all their, their fucking GPU cores and their teraflops and hardware. Nintendo's never been about that. This is a shot um, of Novocaine to deaden any of this other bullshit that you may be thinking. Like, here it is. First party titles, Nintendo Switch, Animal Droppings. This is it. This is so fun. It's like, that's why Smash is so good. Animal Droppings is so good. That's why... Um, Splatoon is so good. That's why these games, uh, all the other, all the, the Yoshi and the Kirby games, like all, and all, of course, all the Mario games, these first party games are just fantastic. They do such a great job with them. Um, yeah. So we're going to expand on our world and continue and, and, and go from there. And I'm going to be doing some live streams of it probably later on in the week. And uh, so come on by on Twitch and join us. And if you, if you're new to Animal Crossing, this is a great game to jump in. You don't have to have any, you know, conception, preconception of, of the games. Sure, it helps to like have like, oh, I know this character. Oh, it's so good. It's like Blathers showed up. We almost were crying. We had to get the t- had to get the tissues out. Like, oh, Blathers is there. So cool. But you know, you don't need you don't need any of that to experience and then enjoy it. So, New Horizons, pretty fantastic. How about Doom Eternal? People are going crazy. They're loving it. Wow, the reviews are so positive. Um, I did not pick it up yet. Uh, we made a choice to do either Animal Droppings or Doom, so we chose Animal Droppings, but. Doom definitely will pick it up in time. I know I talked about this. I talked about this shit and I was like, I don't know if if I don't pre-order Eternal, will I not get the Doom 64 port for PC? I was freaking out. But sure enough, I looked today before the episode because I wanted to confirm this and let you guys know. You can buy Doom 64 port separately. It's on Steam. It's five bucks. Totally worth it. Absolutely worth it. Uh, just, Just the fact that they went through and redid it and made it available for PC in any fashion is like something to be celebrated. So yeah, five bucks, totally worth it. But you should just get the whole game, right? Get Doom Eternal, get um, get all of it because I'm sure it's fantastic. People are loving it. Have you played it? Let me know in Discord. You know, holler at me. Let me know what you think. People are saying it's like, it's it's everything, rip, tear, grind, smash. It's everything you can imagine that you, that you love about Doom uh, and a Doom package. So I cannot wait to check it out. Very cool. Speaking of old games that are becoming new again, Halo Combat Evolved hit Xbox Game Pass. This happened earlier last week. Most people know about this, but guess what? It's there. And if you are an Xbox Game Pass subscriber, which is great because we are, because we we play a lot on PC, so that makes sense for us to have the Game Pass on PC. It's included in that. Yes, I was so happy. So I went in and installed it. It's like 30 gigs, I think, something like that, 28 or something gigs. Downloaded it. Um, installed it and I played, I wanted to play through like half or like the first section of it just to make sure like it worked and everything was cool and everything was fantastic. Another game I want to stream eventually, um, probably play through some of the campaign because the campaign was so good. I really loved it. Um, so that came out. What I really like about this is when you're playing it, you can press tab and when you press tab in real time, it flips the graphics and the audio back to what it was originally. All the original stuff from the original Xbox. Or I guess PC for that matter. Because that game was on PC originally. And it's incredible to see the remake. And the detailed texture. I mean like every single thing has been redone in that game. Every texture. The way the guns like look. And the audio. It's all polished up. It's, it's wonderful. And it blows me away. When you hit tab. Like you go from having like the original you don't notice it until you look at the remake, but like the, the, um, the textures like walls and flooring, it's just like flat panes of color. 
It's crazy. Like there's no de like not a lot of detail in there. But the remake is incredible. I wish I had a comparison to show you. I should have put two pictures in, but I, I forgot to. But uh, you can look it up, I'm sure. Looks really, really nice. Plays really good. I cannot wait to jump back in and just go through the whole campaign again with uh, my good friend Master Beef. How about that? Um, okay. This was big news uh, this week as well. PS5, they've sort of kind of released specs. Um, okay. Yeah, I have a lot to say on this, so let's talk about this for a second. So, in a staged and mostly boring, if you're not a, a complete tech nerd, uh, the, the Sony presentation dug deep into the tech side of what the PS5 has to offer. So, I wrote down a few notes for myself to remember. Here are some of my takeaways in the whole conference. It has an extremely fast SSD uh, hard drive in there. So, I don't... Uh, everyone knows that SSD storage... Flash media is very, very fast. And so what Sony is doing is they're creating a proprietary hard drive in there that is extremely fast, blazing fast, which I think they hope will kind of overshadow a lot of other things uh, to where that is going to be one of the standout features. Now, Microsoft has already said they have an extremely fast SSD as well. They're talking about you can load, what, up to three or so games, maybe more, um, a quick, uh, what, what was it called, a uh, quick resume. So, and they showed off some of the tech demo stuff on that. And it, this is all, this is all great. This is all totally true. Like we have SSDs in our computers and our PCs, super fast. Love them. Games load quick. Windows loads quick. Everything's happy. Fantastic. I think SSDs are going to change the way people load and play and enjoy their gaming on consoles. I agree. Totally. So that's, that's good to see that. Um, Sony appears to be allowing off the shelf NVMe PC drives, all right, rather than uh, the proprietary storage system that Xbox will will be relying on. So, on Sony, they're going to be able to allow you to get basically the lamest terms is go to like Newegg or wherever you buy your parts from and get hard drives off the shelf to expand that, um, which is good. We're gonna we're gonna see how this all plays out when it all comes out, but uh, yeah. Yeah, the reality is, is that they're both going to have super fast drives. You may or may not be able to expand them. Um, and the one thing I took away was Sony mentioned about PS4 compatibility and backups. They said that you'll be able to play, you know, your PS4 games, but the game saves for PS4 games will not be supported on the internal memory or internal hard drive, but you have to get a USB external drive that will then be formatted to work with the PS4 save games. Like what, mate? What? What is this? Seems very interesting. I don't know. I don't know. There's some. There's some stuff that I want to talk about later um, about this. I have a compatibility section I want to talk about. We're gonna go kind of deep into that. So really interesting stuff. Cool. Yeah, it's gonna support some of the PS4 games, but uh, by the way, you need to buy an external USB hard drive that's not SSD. Just standard, you know, spinning drive that plugs in and then that works for what? That doesn't make sense. It's kind of kind of ridiculous. I don't know what's going on over there. There was something that stood out to me, though. Of course, the audio. I listened to him talk about the audio engine um, and perhaps probably was for me anyway. The biggest bit of news was their 3D audio game engine. Um, Tempest is called so Tempest audio engine. And now they compared it to the PSVR and the PSVR can support 50, it says pretty decent sound sources. All right. And he described that in terms of like rainfall. 
The sound of rain in a game is usually a single audio track. At least today is. It's usually in a single track. But the PS5, theoretically, would be capable of letting you hear individual raindrops in a 360-degree space in relation to wherever the player is standing. Okay, Tempest 3D audio can support hundreds of these channels. Not just 50, but hundreds of these channels. Now, that is extreme. That's super extreme. What fucking developer is going to say, you know what, I'm going to program a couple 200 channels of audio just for the rain so that people can hear the raindrops. It's not happening. Ask any developer. They're laughing their ass off when they heard that. I know it. Not happening. They're not doing that. Now, will they do 10 or 20 maybe, you know, to hear maybe different rain in different areas? Yeah, sure, of course. But hundreds? Come on, no. But the fact is that it's capable of doing that is really exciting. I think that's a really, really cool thing. Um, and just to be able to give like two, like two, three, four hundred uh, channels of audio, it's overkill. It's way overkill. But the ability to do so is great. And I think that will allow developers never, ever to be limited. But the question is, were they limited with 50? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I think that's really cool, though. The ability is there. So Tempest Game Engine, that stood out to me. 3D audio, I think it's going to be great. We have some other stuff to talk about of that later on in the tech section. We'll talk about it. We have compatibility issues. I got something. I got, I got to rant a little bit later on that one, boy. Oh, boy. Um, Grand Theft Auto 4 is back on Steam, folks. Remember we reported on this a couple months ago? Due to a Windows Live issue. Fucking Windows Live. Man, stop it. Get some help. Stop it. Get some help. Um, due to that Windows Live issue, Rockstar pulled the game down, had to recode some stuff and do some uh, little trickery behind the scenes, but it is back up on Steam and it is back and upgraded to the complete edition. I guess the complete edition is releasing in two days as of recording this. Um, and so they've already updated that version to the complete edition. So if you own all the DLC and all that, you're going to get all this cool stuff already bundled in there, which is great. And um, what's up with these Grand Theft Auto role-playing servers? Recently, I picked up the Heavy Hauler for my uh, sim rig, for my American Truck Simulator. It's, if you should look it up. It's called the Heavy Hauler. It has a working CB radio. It's a button box, basically. It has a working key so I can start my truck. It has wipers, refueling. It's basically a box like you would have on a, on a dashboard of a truck. And it gives you access to dedicated buttons for some of the features that you use when you're trucking. It's great. I love it. I've waited three months for it. It's here. I've installed it. It's beautiful. Please come by my, my stream. Please come by Twitch when I'm streaming Truck Simulator. You have to see it. The CB works. I talk to people. I greet everyone with the CB. You have to come by. I'm just saying. This is If you're listening to this right now, you already have RSVP'd. You have no choice. You have to come out. You've already, you're already on the list. I already got the table set. All right? The dining set is there. Sorry. You have to come out. Come check it out. But um, the company I bought it from runs a role-playing server. Well, they run multiple, but one of them is in Grand Theft Auto. They have people that role-play, and basically they've built a server where it's a real living, breathing, thriving community where they have government, they have people who are just civilians, they have a police force, a fire department, and real people play that. And it's crazy, like, cops will drive around and, like, if you're, like, you know, going through traffic illegally, like, they'll pull you over. And it's crazy. Like, I've been watching YouTube videos on it. It looks so fun. And I'm not going to lie, like, a part of me wants to, like, get involved. 
I think it's really, really cool. I don't know how you get involved. I know you like, you have to like go fill out paperwork. Like, <laughs> like you go to the fucking DMV and fill out paperwork. Like, do any of you participate? Do you know how to participate? I could look this stuff up too, but I always like asking the community first because you guys are always so educated on so many more things than I am. Let me know if uh, you know anything about that. What servers to join? Are you part of it? Are you civilian? Do you play? You know, like, because this company I bought this from, they have tools. They have like a police interceptor, like um, devices they make so that you can like turn on your sirens and do stuff just like on truck sim. Like they have dedicated controllers that they make special. They're handmade for this. So way cool. I kind of want to get involved with it. Really, really cool stuff. So let me know and uh, like hit me up in discord or whatever. Um, speaking of role playing, what is this American motorcycle simulator? Wait, what? What? Get some help. Um, you know, you had me at, you know, simulator. Whenever you put simulator on a game, I'm kind of interested. I'm kind of intrigued at this point, but American motorcycle sim. I wasn't sure what to expect. And then I watched the trailer and uh, you guys know I like really bad games, right? You guys know I like shitty games, and I like to play really bad games. I'm not saying this is a terrible game. It's not even out yet. I don't know. But the trailer, wow, super cheese, super corny, and that is kind of charming in a way. But basically, you know how like American Truck Sim and these other sim games, they're very much serious about their simming, right? This is not... At all. This is not... So to put in perspective, you get on your Harley and you are riding like Route 66 and you're listening to some like really cheesy blues music that's like totally uh, fitting for whatever you're doing in there. Then you drive up to a bar. You get up, go to the bar. You get off your bike. You walk in there. You play a few games of pool with some random people. Someone cheats. Someone loses. Bar fight goes out. You're brawling. You're punching. You're knocking some dude out at the bar. You're drinking, you're getting drunk, you're playing drunk darts, you're throwing darts at the wall, they're going all over the place. Then you, you know, you you head out, you get back on your bike, and you you go somewhere down the street, and there's a strip club. You roll up into a strip club, you go in there, and there's strippers in there, and you're at a strip club. And then you're like, you get something to eat, you head back on your bike, you go to the gas station, you get out, like, and you fill it up your tank. You gotta like put the nozzle in the tank and fill it like real like simulator type stuff start the bike. Like it's crazy. Like this, I, honestly, I don't like, I am down to try it. I'm down to try it. It looks super cheesy, super corny. And I think, I don't know. My gut tells me that I think it will be fun for like, you know, an evening and then it's kind of like, okay, we've already done all this. So I don't know, but keep your eye on it. It's called American motorcycle simulator. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> it just looks really interesting. That's all I'll say. Go watch the trailer and see for yourself. Um, some cool news with Reggie. Uh, he's working on a new book. He's kind of in the early stages of it. And I think he he noted that he's in like the pitching um, part of it right now. So he's trying to pitch it to some publishers to see if he can get a publishing deal on. I'm sure he won't have any issues with that. Um, but uh, yeah, Reggie, uh, he's working on, uh, he, he was at Cornell University last week doing a speech and then did an interview um, with some of the people in attendance, and he was talking about that. But he also wanted to bring up some really cool stuff, and I made some notes here about what he's going to be speaking about in his book. This book sounds really, really good. Um, speaking about his close relationship with uh, Awada, also 
um, concerning uh, issues with E3, what he feels about Nintendo Directs, talking about Mario ROM hacks, emulation, and much more. It's going to cover his background, joining Nintendo, the Nintendo lifestyle, some of the business strategies and techniques that he developed there, um, what he feels about when games are delayed, talking about unions, layoffs, corporate culture, and again, again, all the close relationships he had with a lot of the pioneers and Nintendo, Miyamoto included. Um, yeah, really, really cool stuff. I, this is definitely a book that I'm interested in. Um, hopefully there's an audio version of it. I love audiobooks. I love just having them play. And then, you know, I'm able to like do other things and listen to it. That's really helpful for me personally. So, but really cool. Yeah, I'm happy. To, I'm happy to see that, that he's writing a book. And I hope he gets a publishing deal on it so that we can, we can have it. We can has the book. Um, uh, just a little blurb about Xbox Game Pass. Uh, they uh, they noted this week that there's now quote perks they're calling them included with the Game Pass. This is something new that they've added. Um, it now extends to content inside the games themselves. So the subscription based service now includes perks, kind of like DLC in a way, or little in game cosmetic goodies, and sometimes more than that. Um, and I wrote down this note here so that I could say it exactly. The initial extras revolve around cosmetics and characters, such as, so these are included as well, uh, a gold ticket mission pass in Fantasy Star Online 2. You can get ship ornaments in Sea of Thieves and five new gods in Smite. So there's the equivalent of kind of what you get. I think this is cool. If you're the cosmetic type of person, you like to buy cosmetics, you know, you like to do that, then this is great because a lot of them will be included. So it's pretty cool. Again, it's a nice little perk, right? That's what they're calling them, perks. It's pretty good stuff right there. Yeah, I like that a whole bunch. Um, yeah, so that's some of the gaming stuff we want to talk about. I'm going to move right on to some tech news. How about it? You want to hear some tech stuff? Um, this is a very interesting article that came across my, uh, what, what do they say? It came across my office, uh, my table. What do they say? What do they say at the news? It came, uh, this just came in. This just in. Hot off the press. This just in. Samsung could turn their S20 phone into a Nintendo Switch. Wait, what? Yeah, you guys know about the S20. It's a very, very great phone from Samsung. Uh, with its very powerful 120 hertz screen. Yes. 12 gigs of RAM. Get the fuck out of here. 12 gigs of RAM. That's more than most like basic laptop. Yeah, I was just say that's more than a laptop. And that's like base. That's like base for PC gaming, even today. That's base. Um, but as most of us agree, when it comes to mobile gaming, although it's very simple and intuitive, and you know easy to to use, the touch controls are not ideal. I mean, unless you're playing games like Fruit Ninja or something that really utilizes that touch, it's really not ideal. And you see a lot of the mobile games with like virtual D pads and virtual buttons on the left and right. I mean, like, come on. If you're not even, I don't even say hardcore because duh, hardcore. But if you're even like remotely casual and playing anything more than like Candy Crush and Flappy Birds, you're probably going to want some sort of either Bluetooth controller or some sort of input that is going to enhance and actually bring life to your gaming. You're going to want a D-pad. You're going to want to start and select. You're going to want triggers. You're going to want face buttons. You're going to want an X, A, Y, B, or whatever to have you. You're going to want these buttons for your gaming experience. Well, Samsung knows that. And they're working on something. 
uh, that could possibly, oh, do I have my thing? Let me see. Let me set up my, uh, one second. Let me set up my screen so I can show you this. Okay, here's what it looks like. This is what Samsung's working on. It's basically what a Nintendo Switch enhanced, this is for people who aren't watching the video feed. It looks like what a Nintendo Switch in handheld mode is like. It's like a grip, basically. You take your phone, and you can see from this picture on the bottom right, you actually slide your phone to the right into this device, clip it on, and then you have for your where your pointer fingers are, you've got triggers. On the front, you've got face buttons. You've got two analog sticks. You've got a proper D-pad, start, select. Looks like maybe even a charging dock down there. Maybe speakers on the bottom. I don't know. I look. Maybe it is. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Um, yeah, they're calling it the game. Well, they don't have a real name. It's called GamePad for Galaxy smartphones. But I, I love the look of this. And I think that if you are going to be gaming on your Samsung uh, phone, this really is probably a really, really nice add-on to have. And I like that. I like where we're going with that. And you, oh, actually, yeah, see this picture on the bottom, right? You can see it has a, right there where it connects. It plugs in. I'm sure that's where you plug it in. And then the bottom right here, there's a charging port. So you can probably keep everything powered and charged. I think it's brilliant. I think it's great. So that is, uh, that is coming. There's no release date or price or anything like that. It's just, it's basically in the works. Like that's what they're, they're kind of working on. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, because a lot of people are home right now, uh, kind of, you know, in isolation or quarantining themselves, uh, that means there's a lot of stuff going on out there as far as entertainment and multimedia is concerned. Steam had a record-breaking usage uh, during this whole COVID-19. Um, as of making this article, it was just over 20 million, but we actually passed that, I think, a couple days ago. It was at 22, over 22 million users logged in, uh, active users on Steam. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, of those 22 so, are, so odd million, 6.4 were actively playing game. 6.4 million players were in game. That's huge. Um, mo majority of them, of course, playing. Can you guess? Yeah, Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike, of course. Great game there. This is the first time Counter-Strike crossed into the just over 1 million uh, active users playing. Um, and tw let's see, th was 2017 was it? Or 2018? 2018 PUBG was like 3.2 or something million playing. That was like the highest game ever. I think followed by Dota and then followed by Counter-Strike. But yeah, man, there's a lot of people playing games, obviously, because you know we're all trying to be safe and stay home. Followed by Dota, 700,000 players. Rainbow Six Siege, 196,000. Path of Exile, 115,000. And Grand Theft Auto V, 173,000 were playing. It's a lot of people playing. Lots of people playing. And because there's a lot of people playing, we're having a lot of congested network issues. In fact, we just experienced it today. Um, our internet just took a shit. And I think a lot of people are going to be experiencing this during... I don't want to say high traffic time because high traffic time is kind of like all the time now, but even more so kind of like in the evenings, like five o'clock ish time. That's when ours tanked, which makes sense. People are logging in, turning on Netflix and news and whatever have you. But we're having issues because networks are struggling to cope with all of this. I mean, when you're telling, you're telling entire cities, entire states, entire places to shut down and, you know, 
do not leave your house unless really for an emergency, what else are you going to be doing? We live in a very digital entertainment society. So you're going to get online. <laughs> That's just what you're going to, what you're going to have. So uh, with all of this, um, there's been lots of gaming issues, of course. I mean, this is all like common sense. I don't even really need to report on it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Just, you know, have patience, reset your modem, try to get it to reconnect. But I mean, there's nothing we can really do about it. It's just the, the nature of the beast. Uh, Call of Duty Warzone, last week we tried to play. It was kind of all buggy. Overwatch, other Blizzard games, World of Warcraft having issues. Xbox Live has gone down twice in the last week alone. Uh, they've been great getting it back up uh, and working, but lots of issues with their uh, Netflix is actively adjusting bit rates uh, worldwide to try to help with the network streaming issue and trying to make it so that it doesn't kill the internet and completely tank it. Um, but yeah, again, like this is common sense. You know, we're just, we're in this, uh, this time where uh, we're going to have issues with internet connectivity or online gaming. Uh, so just, you know, be patient and we'll, we'll, we'll get through it. It will be back up and running. If not, um, you know, if not that night, maybe the next night, you know, like blizzard, for instance, blizzard, we tried, we tried to get on and play call of duty like three, four days ago. And they're, they're getting fucking DDoS like crazy. Like people are DDoSing them. Like, hello. Why is it every time we have, um, usually it's during times when people are home during Christmas break, holiday break, uh, spring break, uh, 4th of July, uh, Christmas, Boxing Day, whenever we have a holiday, it seems like people want to DDoS and just like kill the networks. Like, yeah, look at me. Ha ha. I can do it. Okay. Nobody gives a shit anymore. Okay. Like nobody cares. This isn't 1996 anymore. Okay. People don't care that you can DDoS something. Great. Like use your talents to something great. Like seriously, you're so smart to do that. Like use that to market yourself and do something great. Like get a job out of that. Like that's fantastic. Like seriously, think about it. I, honestly, I just think it's crazy. Nobody gives a shit about that. You can DDoS something anymore. You're just ruining our gaming experience. Like, all, you're, all you are is, a, is an, an annoyance. That's all it is. Um, but yeah, it'll be, they got that under control and, uh, and they're back up and running. So that's pretty great. So just have some patience. That's all. Okay. Uh, one last thing about Netflix, since we're talking about streaming, they, they have this new, basically it's a Chrome extension. But what you can do in this Chrome extension is Netflix party, it's called. You can party watch Basically, watch a movie in like a party type setting with other people online, like old school, like chat room, like AOL chat rooms, <laughs> except a movie's playing. Oh, that could be that could have been interesting. Oh, if we could have done that back then. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so it's a Chrome extension. You install the extension. All right, you click it, you launch it. It pulls up a window. You get to pick the movie that you want, and then it gives you a link to send to your friends. You send the link to your friends. They all join in the chat room. They click the link. They join in. And then you watch a movie together in almost real time. I think they said there's a slight delay on it, but it really doesn't matter too much. It's not that much of a delay. But I think that is so cool. You can like watch movies with your friends, um, you know, in the browser. I think that's rad. Very, very cool. Uh, I think we should try that. Be be a lot of fun. Uh, just, you know, but it, when you do that, you have to type ASL instantly when you join that chat room. Like you get in there, be like ASL, you know, and then type like pick for pick. You know, you got to start trading. No one's going to know what that means. We used to trade. Oh, never mind. Should I? I've said this before. I've said it actually probably a lot of times. 
back in the nineties on AOL, we used to trade like porno picks, basically little, little nudie picks, pick for pick. So, and someone would say that like trade pick for pick, and it would take a long time. It would take like an hour to transfer. Remember folks, you're we on like 14, four dial up, you know, 28, eight K, you know, it was very slow, but we would trade. So someone would say pick for pick. You'd be like, okay, yeah. Like you send first. I'm like, no, no, you send first and you take a gamble. You would take a gamble because you would send a picture to that person. They would have to then download it and receive it. Once they got it, if they were kind enough, they would send one back. Majority of the time you would get one back, but not every time you would get one back. Sometimes you wouldn't get anything. Sometimes you'd get one that you didn't want to see. I'll just leave it at that. It's weird shit going on out there. So you t- that was the gamble. This was the early days of the internet, folks. So that's what it was. So, uh, but yeah, and then people would go into those chat rooms. It was like, they would say ASL, which was like your age, your sex, and your location. They were like fishing. Like, you know, are you male or female? Where are you from? How old are you? Like, that's what they type. And then people would be like, of course, I would always type, you know, 18, female, you know, and I just pick a random place. I'd be like LA or Florida or, you know, I just pick some random place. And then we'd start chatting. And then, <laughs> then after a little while, then I just get him like, I'm a dude. I'm a dude. Aha, gotcha. Gotcha. Oh my gosh. Why would we do that? Why do we do that? Oh, maybe that was just me. Maybe, maybe I, I'm the only weird one that did that. Shit was hilarious, man. Early days of the internet. Good times. Good times. Okay. I want to talk about, and I said this earlier that I had this little rant section about the PlayStation 5. Okay. So I want to read some stuff and then I'm going to talk about some stuff. Okay. So follow me on this. This is, this is actually a really big section because we, we have the two Titans. We have the PlayStation 5 and the Series X and they're both coming and they're both slowly revealing data and stuff about what they're doing, the specs, what they're capable of, what they're going to be capable of, and what they want to do and how they want to market this. Now, this roadmap is kind of rocky because we already see we already see kind of like the divide happening. So during Sony's Road to PS5 presentation, um, it was stated that almost, quote, almost all of the 100 most played PlayStation 4 games will be compatible with the next generation console at launch. That's what they said, quote, unquote. People went crazy, myself included. I go, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Read that again to yourself. Almost all, almost all. That, just those two words alone get me fuming pissed, okay? What the fuck does that mean? Let's be clear here. Almost all? What does that even mean? Almost all of the 100 most played, 100 most played, where's the list? What are you talking about? Is that your your like greatest hits? The the most sold? The most pop? Like what the fuck? It's super vague. That's why people are upset. Super fucking vague. 100 most played PlayStation 4 games will be compatible with the next generation console launch. Okay, great. You told us absolutely nothing. You told us a bunch of shit. You shit in the Home Depot bucket. You chuck it around and you dumped it on all of our heads. That's what you did. That's telling us nothing. That's just shitting on us. Be fucking specific. You know what? I got to hand it to Microsoft. They came out of the gate and they just, they said it. They just called it out. All right. Now, sure. I had some questions. I had some things. I was, I was kind of like, you know, questioning like, hey, are all these games compatible? This and I had some questions, but the reality is, is that from the very beginning, they 
came out and said backwards compatibility is a focus. Here's what we know so far. They laid it out. They said all four generations of Xbox games are going to be compatible. And they laid it out, not fully, not completely clear, but way more clear than a Home Depot bucket full of shit that Sony gave us. All right. So you can imagine that did not inspire much confidence about what the catalog is. And of course, the internet went ablaze. I think everyone knows that. They were like, what the fuck are they talking about? People are on Reddit. People are online. People are like, what kind of conferences? This is crazy. They are all they are already upset. It was like this boring ass tech demo, which I actually found very interesting because I'm kind of a tech nerd. But again, if you're looking for like games and all that sort of thing, that was not the conference for you. To be fair to Sony, though, too, they did say we're going to dive deep in the tech side of things. They did already prime that. All right. So you can't be too mad at that conference because they already told you they're going to be super geeky about it. So anyway, give them a little credit. You know, I try to look at it both sides. I call it how I see it. Tell you that. Okay. So it went crazy. The internet went crazy. So then what happened later? Sony came back. They clarified their statement. This was on Friday. This was uh, a couple days ago. They said, quote, we believe the overwhelming majority of the 4,000 plus PS4 titles will be playable on PS5. Okay. Okay. So that's what they said to clarify what they were meaning at the conference, which did not come out, was that that is how much they have tested so far, or at least that's what they're saying anyway. Like, well, that's how much we have tested so far. They've only tested the 100 most popular games and they are working. All right. But in time, maybe due to software updates or whatever they're going to be doing, 4,000 plus PS4 titles will be able to play on PS5. Remember, folks, you're going to have to get an external hard drive to save all those games, by the way. Just saying. That was a little little news blurb too earlier in the week. <clears throat> I'm out, am I a little upset? Yeah, I am. Why? Because I was expecting more. I really was. And we'll talk more about this in a second. Okay. They also went on to say, it expects backwards compatible games to run at a boosted frequency on the PS5, which will provide higher and more stable frame rates and potentially higher resolutions. Uh, they said that they're currently evaluating PS4 games on a title-by-title title basis. Boom, there it is, folks. Title-by-title title basis. That's why they said what they said, because they've only done like the first hundred or so most, most popular games. Okay, starting to make sense. Okay, Next time, just be fucking clear about it. Jeez, we got we to fucking learn fucking Braille and we got to come over here and try to figure out all this shit to figure out what the hell you're trying to say. Just come out and say it. Just come out and say it. Um, title by title basis. To ensure compatibility with the PS5, Sony has tested hundreds of games so far. Great. And we will test thousands more as the console's holiday 2020 release window approaches. Okay, thank you. How hard would it have been to just say that at the very beginning? Jeez. Jeez. This, fuck, I hate it when people are do this cryptic shit to try to make us figure it out. Because then that's how rumors start. That's how this bullshit starts. In contrast, folks, now Microsoft's approach is this. They already promised four generations of backwards compatibility on the Series X. The Series X will also support cross-generation saves when it's released 2020 this holiday season that is what they've said that is confirmed so now i was just talking about this to stephanie before uh i was making my notes here i expected more from sony on this i expected 
in fact, maybe my standards were way too high. And maybe I was believing the rumors and the hype and, and this, the thought and the theory that we might be able to get a PlayStation console, PlayStation 5, the most powerful, most advanced gaming system that will be able to go back and play PlayStation 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 games. Just kind of like what Xbox is doing, what Microsoft is doing with their new console. I thought, well, of course Sony will have to, they'll have to answer to this. They will have to say, no, we will also offer backwards compatibility to rival our competition. Won't they? And they didn't. And that upsets me. Now, here's the argument. A lot of people say, well, like, Jason, why in the fuck would you want to buy a new console to then just play all your old games? Reality is, is that is extremely convenient. And I love having backwards compatibility on the consoles. You have one console set up and it plays all of your older games. That is so nice and convenient. Why do you think I love the PS3, the original, launch day PS3 so much? Because it plays one, two, and three. I've got my original 60 gig, and I love it. it. And it plays all those games. It's so convenient. It's nice. I have one console, even though it's fucking massive. It's a size of a refrigerator, but it does all that. I mean, how much desk space, how much table space do you have to have all these consoles? We don't have enough room in the house to put all these consoles out. So it's nice to have one console and do it. And also, I'm a little older, all right? I grew up during the times when those original consoles, one, two, three, and four, and five, of course, are launched. The And I have all these games from that back catalog. I have hundreds of PS1 games. And I, I it'd be great to just be able to pull it out, pop it in, play that game, and then bounce over to maybe a, a PS5 or a PS4 game. You know what I mean? Like, just, it's, it's convenient. It's really nice. It's not a make or break deal, but it kind of is frustrating to me. Am I alone in this? I know that I know there's people out there that don't care about the backwards compatibility at all. And I completely respect that. And I get that. Again, Sony is also in that boat. They're saying, look, our customer base doesn't give two fucks about this. Let's move forward. We have a forward thinking vision. We want to move forward. Let's get them into our PS5. Let's get them into our new PS5 games. And give them some backwards compatibility on PS4 because we kind of have to out of necessity. They'd rather not, guaranteed, but they have to. And they're making it difficult. They're making you buy a USB drive, plug it in, format it, use only for PS4. They're making it difficult. And guaranteed, people are going to say, okay, fuck it. I don't really care. I'm going to just, I'll have the PS4 out here for a while when I want to play those games. And then I'm going to go trade this shit in when I'm done. You know what I mean? That's, that's what they're banking on. Now, to wrap this up, I know I'm, I'm ranting. And, and this is really important, though. For me as a gamer myself, this, this stuff is important to me. Put it into this perspective before we close up the show. Put it into this perspective. If you have, if you have both of our consoles, both of, here you go. You've got a PS5 and a, P, and a Series X, okay? Here they are. They're released. They're right in front of you. They're ready to go. You can pick any one you want. You can pick one for free. You can have it. Now, separate yourself for a second because I'm not coming to this as a fanboy. Let's, let's, let's separate that right quick. If you're not a fanboy and you love both, you want to own both, you can have both at some point. See, I'm the type of gamer who thinks like, fuck having these like 
arguments about which one is better. Just if you can afford it. And if you can't, I understand that, you know, that happens. But if you can't just get both and shut the fuck up and have fun with them both. So here they are, both of them. On this, on this side, we've got Sony saying, this is PS5, all right? It plays PS4 games, some of them, majority of them. It will, we'll do 4,000 plus later on, but at launch, it will do maybe a couple hundred PS4 games, all right? But you're going to get all the new PS5 stuff, all the new PS5 exclusives. Everything's going to be fantastic. You can get all the new stuff, the, the new game engine, a million raindrops floating around your head. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. But that's what you're getting. That's what you have. Series X, Microsoft says, here's our console. You're going to get, you know, all the fast SSD. You're going to get all, all the new hardware, which is very equivalent. Not exactly the same. Maybe a tad bit more powerful than the Sony than the PlayStation 5. A little bit more powerful, but in theory, very, very close, right? On top of that, you're also going to get backwards compatibility on all your Xbox One games, all of them. Your Xbox, majority of your Xbox 360 and a good majority of your original OG Xbox games from 2001, right? At launch. At launch. On launch, so you can play your OG Xbox, your 360, all of your Xbox One games, and all of the new Series X games that come out. At launch. Now, if you're not a fanboy, if you're just sitting there like, well, I, I'd probably pick the Xbox. I'd pick the Xbox. Why would you not? Why would you not? You ha can play all your other games, majority of them anyway. You know, and that can still be argued. We don't know exactly how many on the Xbox, like, but a majority, they've made this, they've said backwards compatibility is a focus, a big focus of ours. They've made that clear. I would pick the Xbox. Duh, no shit. Of course. Now, final Jerry's final thought. If Sony were to have said that, if Sony would have just matched, not even like excelled, if they would have just matched and said what Microsoft said, folks, at launch, the PS5 will be able to play all the PS5 games, all of your PS4 games, a very large majority of your PlayStation 3 games, even if they, even if they just said the 100 most popular PS3 games, a couple thousand of the PS2 games, and a good chunk of your PS1, like if they said that, just said that, just matched it, I would have gone, boom, Sony, I'm buying that console day one. Day one purchase, without a doubt. That's a clear win. That's an easy purchase. That's an easy purchase. One console to play all of your old PlayStation catalog. And yes, to recap, I was expecting too much. And I think a lot of us were. And I think that's why a lot of us are upset is because that's not happening. And it is happening in some fashion for the Series X. What will happen in the future? I really don't know, folks. I don't know. I'm excited to see how it plays out, though. Voicemail. Gonna hop into the phones here. Guess guess what? That's right. The Heine House Hotline. Alive and well. We're gonna take a call here. 
from the man himself, the voicemail maniac, Mr. Cameron, on the horns again. Appreciate you calling up, Cameron. Really appreciate that. Let's jump in. What's going on, Jason? The uh, voicemail maniac himself, yes. Cameron, is here. Just <laughs> wanted to reach out to you on this early uh, Monday morning before work. Um, you know, speaking of the coronavirus, it's definitely gotten weird here. Uh, you know, my wife works for a university out here in Nashville, Tennessee, and they sent all their employees home. So she's here for at least two weeks at the house. I work for a, a prominent guitar manufacturer in, uh, you know, production. So we're kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. It, it'll probably take someone to be infected here for them to do anything. That's just my, my guesstimation. But, uh, so yeah, it's weird, man. It's really weird. Grocery stores are crazy, as you mentioned. Um, so, so yeah, we're just taking it day by day and, uh, seeing what happens. Um, but, uh, you know, just, uh, to, uh, add a topic to your upcoming podcast. Um, have you ever, uh, well, I'll give you a quick story. Um, recently I was perusing guitars, you know, because as musicians, as collectors, we like to look at gear and video games, et cetera. That's just how it is. So I was looking at, uh, this, an Ibanez guitar sort of resale uh, group on Facebook. I used to be a huge Ibanez guitar fan. I've since moved on, sold all my Ibanez guitars, but there are a few I wish I had back. And I was on this page kind of perusing, and I found one of the guitars I had sold about 10 years ago and sort of regretted. And I'm hopefully in the process of buying it back. It's not too, too expensive. It's probably about what I sold it for about 10 years ago. Um, so my question for you is, have you ever regretted selling something, a piece of gear, a specific game, or, you know, or something that, uh, you know, you, you, you sort of regretted and wish you had it back only to find it years later and rebuy it? Um, I think that's really interesting. I typically don't get too attached to physical stuff. Um, but, uh, anyway, that, that was just a, crazy thing to happen. Sorry, there's an alarm going on off in the parking lot here at work. Anyway, I better let you go. I've been long-winded, per usual, <laughs> enjoying the podcast. Uh, support this guy, guys. Sign up for Patreon. Uh, definitely a worthwhile pursuit uh, Mr. Heine's doing. So take care, stay safe, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you, Cameron. No, I appreciate that. I always appreciate your voicemails. Long-winded or not, and I appreciate the little plug at the end there. I appreciate you supporting on Patreon. Um, man, that is a great question. Have I ever sold something, regretted it, and then wish you had it back? I know you said on there that you don't get too attached uh, to items, and that's that, that actually one of my biggest problems is that I get attached to everything. I am extremely attached to stuff. Reality is, is I can, and I've said this before, I can grab any bit from my collection and pull it out, and it has a story. It has a memory. It has something attached to it that I can actually go back and talk about and share that moment. And that's really the beauty of it. And I kind of talked about this when my family was in town two weekends ago, 
And my younger brother and I, we were digging through my N64 games and he was just like, oh my God, oh, Smash, oh, look, uh, Cruising USA, oh, Wayne Gretzky's hockey, holy shit, oh, Mario Party. And like the light in his eyes and like the excitement of going back to those times. That's that right there. Just that happening is the importance that I, uh, th- or something that's important to me is why collecting and having things and hanging on to them means so much because not just to like have all the stuff, like, believe me, it's overwhelming. It's, it's, you know, having a collection of stuff takes up a lot of space, a lot of mental space, and it can be hard to move, hard to manage, hard to categorize. You don't even know what you have. You know, we're on the, we're on the, um, we categorize our games like, Oh, do we have this? I think I do. And then I got four copies of it at home. You know, that's how we categorize them. And it's like, it's too much. So, um, kind of to get back to your question, um, as far as like gaming, this is tough because I never traded in any of my stuff. I never sold off any of my stuff. Well, I mean, I sold off some stuff like duplicates and things, but I've never been one to like take, like even back in the day, I wouldn't go give four or five of my PlayStation one games to, to GameStop or whatever, or EB games or game crazy, whatever it was back then, you know, all those Hollywood video, whatever. I wouldn't go trade them in to just buy, get one new PS2 game. I never, I was like, I don't understand. I don't, I don't want to do that. I never did that. So that's why the catalog is so large. So I can't really answer. I can't really say that for sure. I did do this with a car though. I can tell you a story about a car. Um, 91 Honda Accord, my parents' first car they ever bought as a married couple in 1991. I'm, I was a little kid. I was there. Long story short. I'll try to make it short. They bought this car. All right. They use this car. It was a four-door Accord. Great car. Fantastic. Uh, we grew up with it. We all had it. Uh, my older brother, who's two years older, he learned to dr- He got his permit on it, got his driver's license on it, used it to drive while he was in high school. All right. Took me to and from high school in it. Like, and then when I was old enough, I got my permit in the car. I got my driver's license in the car, learned how to drive with that car. It became my car when I was able to drive and uh, cared for it, put wheels on it, lights, big stereo system, the whole nine. All right. The whole like 90s theme. Okay. It was very special to me. In 2001, I took it in because it was like it had an oil leak. It had a whole bunch of shit on it. It was like falling apart. And I, I, me, I, I was like, you know, we need to get another car or something like that. So used it as a trade-in to get another car. All right. Got rid of it in 2001. Didn't realize at the time, was very happy with what, what I'd done and, you know, got everything. Really started to miss it. Really, really bad. Was kind of regretting it. I was like, man, you know, we could have fixed it. You know, we could have just put some money into it and fixed the fucking thing. And now being how old I am now and the experience with automotive that I have now, I wish I had that then. The experience I have now, oh my God, how easy of a fucking fix it would have been. What? What, an oil pan gasket seal? Are you kidding me? That's all I needed? You know, like a couple of parts to replace? Like, come on, you know? I'm just kicking myself, right? So, come four years later. This is in 2000 and... Okay, maybe four or five years later. This is in 2004, 2005. I'm cruising around Portland. Um, and un- unmistakably, it's like... It's like um. When you are so attached to something, even if it's altered, even if it's changed, even if something is completely different with with whatever it is that you sold, 
you know, you know it's that. Like you just, you recognize it. You know it. Here I'm cruising in Portland and passes me is a white Honda Accord four-door. There's hundreds of thousands of them at that time, right? They're everywhere. But this one looked a little different. It had some modifications that I had done to it. And nobody else that I knew had an Accord that was white, that was lowered the way it was lowered and had certain modifications. I painted some of the grills. I painted the windshield wipers. I painted a bunch of stupid shit, right? But I knew that was mine. And I was like, that looks exactly like my old car. I'm driving and I go, that looks like my old car. I'm with my younger brother. And he goes, holy shit, Jay, that is it. That is it. I pull the e-brake. I bust a U-turn right there in the middle of the street. And I follow this car. Okay, don't do this. I'm telling you, do not do this. This is not smart. Especially today, you get yourself shot. I follow this, this, this car, all right? And I'm looking at it. It had different wheels. It looked a little different, you know, but I knew it was it. I follow this guy all the way pretty much to his house. He pulls in. He lives in an apartment complex. He pulled on the street. He parked on the street. And um, I pull up and I pull up next to him, roll the window down, and he gets out. And I go, hey, hey, man. I go, look. I said, I really like your car. And I just, I just go, are you interested in selling it? Right there on the street. I just, out the window, I yelled at him, are you interested in selling this? And it was, oh, I actually remember, it was like December 20th. It was like right before Christmas, right? And he goes, well, I, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it. And, and I just go, hey, man, you need a little extra Christmas money or something? This would be great, you know? And he goes, yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, he goes, make me an offer. And I did. I made him an offer right there on the street from the passenger side. And he goes, okay, let's do it. I think I offered him like 1500 bucks or something like that, uh, which, which was, a, which I think is, was, a, you know, a fair price enough uh, for the Accord, you know? And uh, he was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Or maybe it was two grand. I don't remember what it was. Two grand or 1500, something like that. Um, and he goes, cool. So I go, all right, we got out. We exchanged info, right? Literally, that night, <laughs> it was like, it was like 3 p.m. We drove to the DMV together that night. He had the title, signed it over to me. I went to the bank, got cash, came back, counted out the cash. He signed over the title. We drove the DMV together. All right. We walked in same time to the teller. He goes, I'm selling this car. I'm transferring over to this gentleman here. I had my license. He had his license. We did the sign. She issued me a new um, title right there on the spot. Boom. We were out the door. And I was like, I cannot believe I just bought back my original car and my parents' original car. Crazy shit, right? So anyway, yeah, good stuff. We drove it home. My parents were like, what the fuck did you guys do? What is, what are you? Oh my gosh. And anyway, long story. That's totally a lot longer than I hope, but good stuff. That is something that was a great memory. And uh, we ended up doing all kinds of shit to that car. We put a new motor in it. We we souped it up. I took it out and made it kind of like a sleeper race car. I know, a fucking four-door family Honda Accord, right? Totally awesome, though. We had great memories with that. Good stuff. So anyway, uh, Cameron, thank you for your question. And thanks, everyone, for listening to me rant and rave on this episode. I know I'm getting a little, a little heated on this one, but folks... 
I am very passionate about this gaming. And I honestly, I was, I'm still, <laughs> still thinking about it. I really wanted to play like all of my PlayStation games on this new console. I was really hoping that we could do that. Man, what's the deal? <laughs> no, it's good stuff. I think it's going to evolve. Things are going to change. You know, it's going to be all right. I think it's going to be all right. We're going to have a good time. Um, so, yeah. So, speaking of uh, gaming, I'm going to play a song on our way out like we always do. And I'm going to play some off of my uh, Heine House Mixtape 1. All right. This is on my Bandcamp page. You can find it on Bandcamp. You can just search me, Jason Heine, of course. Or just go to my website. It's all there as well, HeineHouse.com. Select that. I'm going to play a song off of uh, the Hot Shot Racing soundtrack. At the time, it was called Racing Apex. This, I released this like three years ago on my mixtape. But a uh, little preview of uh, some of the music to come in the racing game that I am developing the soundtrack for, uh, developed by the amazing Sumo Digital. This song is the second one on the mixtape. Please go download the whole album. It's fantastic. You'll love it. It's called Highway Life. Folks, thanks for listening. Heinehouse.com. Round of applause to all the amazing patrons you see right here on your screen. Patreon.com slash Jason Heine. Mr. Brandon, George, Aaron, Weldon, Tammy, Sam, Luke, Ryan, Justin, and the entire crew on the main floor and ground floor. Much love to you all. Hope you have an amazing day and uh, get at me. Let's do some, let's do some gaming. Let's do some streaming. Let's have some fun. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Much love to you. Bye now. Oh, well, how about this one? Here we go. Good night.
Yeah, that's pretty fantastic. And that right there, featuring the incredible John Hake on the bass and the incredible Ben Marcus Allen on all of the uh, synth, Amiga, NES, chiptune, all that stuff featuring that song. Incredible musicians. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll catch you next time. Bye now.